Amen. Pastor Bobby is ministering to leaders in London, England with Miss Carrie. We have prayed over them. We are praying blessings and safe travels. They return tomorrow. But that means I get the wonderful opportunity to hear my brother bring the word. And I know he is heavy with the word. He's got several of us in the audience with our phones ready just in case Rachel decides to have this baby. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to let him birth this word before that baby comes. Now, he may run out of here at 1230 to go see his, his wife, but we're going to hear a word now. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Got to have my water bottle. Just a man of habit. I carry that thing everywhere except for when Pastor Crystal finds it and puts it in my office because then I lose it. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? This is family. You know, I, I just, I, I, it's an honor for me um, to be up here and to just be, and honestly to be a part of this church looking back. Um, I recently turned 30, and, and looking back at just where, I, I know, I know you guys are like, yeah, that, that was like 20 years ago for me. <laughs> but, but it was a time of reflection for me to look back and say, wow, wow, the grace of God has been all over my life, and I praise Him for it. And the fact that the Lord has allowed me to, to be in this uh, in this family for six years, I'm just so thankful. Um, I, I don't take a day of this for granted, so I'm so glad that we just get to be here together as a family. So we have been in 21 days of prayer, as you've heard at least six times already, and, uh, <laughs> and our theme has been going deeper, deeper in intimacy with God, deeper in the Word, deeper in community. Now, this doesn't just happen for 21 days. We are, we are not a church that just prays for 21 days. We are not a church that just fasts for 21 days. We're a praying church. We're a fasting church. That's who we are. It's part of our DNA. And so this, this theme of going deeper is not just something for 21 days, but it is, it is a heart cry for us for this entire year is, Lord, I want to go deeper. God, take me deeper. I love what Richard Foster says in, um, I realize I don't have a clicker, so my dear friend Alex, I believe in you. Um, Richard Foster says in the celebration of discipline, and this has been something that has really been on my heart for about a a year and a half. Um, He says this, superficiality, being shallow, is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a, pro- is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater need or a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. It's not a time for just knowing. It's not a, it's not a time for just leaning on your gifts. But it is a time for us as a church to grow deep. Because I can tell you, if, we're stay, if we stay shallow, it is so easy to get carried away. The reconciling work, wow, thank you, Keith. The reconciling work on the cross was never meant for us to live on the shallow shores of the Christian faith 
but to explore the depths of God's intimate and infinite love and grace. I'm going to read that again. The reconciling work on the cross was never meant for us to live on the shallow shores of the Christian faith, but to explore the depths of God's intimate love and grace. This morning, I want to talk to you about going deeper. How do we as a church become deep people? How do we as a church not just sit on the shallow shores, but instead we go into the depths of what God wants to experience in our life? There's so much more to God than just living on the, on the shallow end of the pool. There's so much more, and that's what I want to talk with you about today. But with my excitement, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for a time to be in community, to grow together, to grow in community, deeper in community. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us your word? Would you show us? more of who you are today. And Lord, would you use me, let the words out of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So Lord, we just thank you and we celebrate you here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to take you on a, on a quick journey. It's not, well, a 40-minute journey, 30-minute journey, whatever. Um, I want to get really practical, and, and what I mean by really practical, I mean, I mean very practical, okay? But before we go practical, I want to go deep. I want to go deep. Let's go deep into the Word. So let's open up our Bibles. Let's go into 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. And while you're turning there, let me give you just a little bit of historical context. It's always important for us when we read, when we read Scripture to understand when this book was written, why this book was written. This is Peter's second letter written to the, the church of the Asia Minor. And what Peter is doing is that he is encouraging believers in Christ people that have already confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, he is encouraging them to live and look more like Jesus. Where do we see this? We see this in chapter 1. He says for us to supplement our faith in virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection. Are there any of those that you could grow in? I know that there's at least a couple of them that I can grow in. He's challenging, challenging them to look like Jesus. And then the other part of this is that Peter is shepherding his flock. And what does shepherding look like sometimes? It, it means to fight off the wolves. You know, I'm, I'm reminded when, when Jesus rose from the dead and, and confronted Peter and said, Jesus, do you, or Peter, do you love me? Right? And he said, of course I do. And what did he say? Feed my sheep. This is, what, this is what Peter is doing, is he is shepherding his flock, because what's happening here, people are living on the shallow end, and they're believing false doctrine. They're living something totally opposite of what the gospel is. And so we get to the end of 2 Peter, this is literally the last two verses in 2 Peter, and he says this, he says, you 
Therefore, I got a clicker now. Perfect. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. <laughs> and so what is, he, what is he doing? He is encouraging us. He's encouraging the body of believers to not get swept under with false doctrine and false teaching, but instead he's saying two things. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how do we grow deeper? We're going to start with first with Grow in grace. Let's grow in grace. What is grace? Grace grace is this. Unmerited divine favor, which is freely given for our salvation and sanctification. Unmerited. This means that, that when you accept Jesus into your life, you didn't earn grace You couldn't strive for it. It was a free gift that was given to you. It was like a birthday gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. It's just the fact that you're alive is a gift that God wants to give you. And so what we see at first is is that grace happens. It begins at salvation. It begins here in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. If If you want to learn about grace, read through Ephesians. It is rich. It is rich. So it says this, for by grace, you guys have probably heard this before, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. It's an emphasis on grace. Is that you didn't do anything to deserve grace. All you had to do was say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. And what happens when you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Repentance happens. Repentance is a change of mind. It is a change of mind. For us to understand, really understand this concept of grace, I think sometimes we just throw it out there and just use it, but we don't really know what it means. Contrast. And Ephesians brings out that contrast. Paul says, you were dead in your sin. You know what dead means? No No heartbeat. Yes, dead means dead. (laughs) There is no heartbeat. You were dead in your sin. And, and, And what we see right here is it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love, this is Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. You were saved, raised, and seated. That's something to celebrate. Do you know what that means? Is that, the, is that Christ carries you through all of this. None of it was by your own merit. None of it. Absolutely none of it. 
All that you need to do is just receive this grace. Maybe you're in here this morning and you are overcome. You are dead in your sin and you know it. Living for Christ is a different kind of dying. Is that you, you die to sin instead of living, I mean, instead of being dead in your sin. That's what it looks like for us to follow Christ is to die to our sin. I think what's a, a beautiful thing about this is that when you received grace, it's not just you received a little bit of grace, just enough to barely save you, just enough to barely scrape by. I lived my life so long with, with any time that I sinned or I messed up that I had to you know, punish myself for a certain amount of time. Like two days, I, I can't talk to the Lord for two days because I know that he's not going to be happy with me, but maybe after two days he'll forget. No, 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 you were saved by grace through faith in that when you accept Jesus into your life, you receive not just a little bit of grace, but you, see, you receive abundant grace. John 1 verse 14 says that Christ is full of grace and truth. It's important to know that that's, it's part of truth too in that. But in, in verse 16, it says, out of his fullness, he gave us grace upon grace. Or what some people say or translate, grace in the place of grace. It just means that you've received abundance of grace. Romans 5, it says, it says that should, should we sin? Or where Romans 5 says this, it says, where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Let's not settle for limited grace. You want to grow deeper in your relationship with God? Understand that the depths of God's grace can be discovered for, till the day that you pass away from this earth. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to understand. So how do we grow in grace? It's a recognition that I need God. It is a prerequisite for you to walk in humility, to, to receive more of God's grace. What Peter, it's beautiful how at the beginning of Peter's message in, in um, 2 Peter, he says, I, I think I have it up here. Yep, he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of, our, of, our, of God and of Jesus our Lord. That word multiplied means increase. And what, what he's saying is that you may, may you experience more of God's grace in your life. May you experience, God has already given you the fullness of his grace, but every day we need to experience more of it in our life. There are, there are times and seasons where you just need more of God's grace than other ones. And that is a prayer that we can pray and say, God, I just need, I need more of your grace. Show me more of your grace. It's there. It's abundant. It's for you. So this is how we grow in grace. We grow in grace by saying, God, I need you. James says God opposes the proud. There it is. Gives grace to the humble. Right? I mean, Paul says, when, when he's talking about the thorn in his flesh, he says that Jesus says to him three times, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is 
made perfect in weakness. You see, when we micromanage God, we're not called to micromanage God. We are called to trust Him. Don't, don't micromanage God. Don't say, well, God, you know what? I'll trust you until this point, and then after that, I got this. No. Just in life as leadership, micromanagement will kill your leadership. Micromanagement will kill your relationship. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. And, and I need grace in my life. I need more grace. I need grace in my marriage. I need grace in my family. I need grace to be a dad. And my, my baby's not even born yet. <laughs> Blessings on you that already have kids. We need, we need God's grace. And it's so deep. We can spend our whole lives the moment that you say, I have enough of God's grace, you're lying to yourself. Because you can always experience more of God's grace. So let's grow in grace. The second part that we go into here, it's intimately connected. I was reading a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, and it's deep stuff. And um, what he says here, he says this. There it is. There cannot be any grace at all except as we know Christ. And there can be no growth in grace except as we grow in our knowledge of Christ. Do you know Jesus? Do you, do you really know Jesus? Or have you settled for what I, I, I love what Dane Ortland says in his book Deeper? He says, have you settled for a junior varsity Jesus? Have you settled for, for a Jesus that you've put in a box? What we see in Ephesians, what we see is, um, oh, I thought I had it in here. There it is, perfect. I think I've got it up here, right? Yeah. It says, to me, though I am the very least of all, of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Another word for this is incomprehensible. <laughs> Something that you just can't understand. Now, I've heard a lot of stories, but I've never been, so I just found a, a nice little picture. This is, this is the Grand Canyon, so I'm, I'm resting on other people's, what they've told me, is that the moment that you look at the Grand Canyon, it's just incomprehensible. The, the vastness, the, the width, the length, the, the depth of the Grand Canyon. It's, it's incredible. I think the only thing that I can describe it as in my own life is Rachel and, I, we, uh, Rachel and I, we celebrated five years this year, and so we went to the Biltmore estate, and there's this porch. I wouldn't call it a porch. I don't know what to call it. It's balcony. There it is. Um, and it overlooks the mountains. And I'm like, Rach, you can go ahead and be anywhere else. I'm going to be right here. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and all I could just imagine is, I was just like, how amazing my God is. Yeah. And this is, this is not even close to the unsearchable riches that you have in Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus? 
we can always grow more and more and more in Jesus Christ. I'm sure there's people in here, I guarantee you that there's people in here that are in their 60s and 70s that can say that you have, you have learned more, you have discovered more of the riches of Christ than what you knew at 30. Can, can you guys agree? Yeah? Yeah. Can I challenge you? You've only scratched the surface. You've only scratched the surface. Let's go deeper, church. Let's be deep people. Let's not get thrown and tossed back and forth by, by doctrine that isn't from the Lord. Let's grow deep in our roots with Christ by growing in grace and growing in our knowledge of Jesus. So now let me, let me be practical. So I, I shared with you the why. Now what? What do we do with this? Spiritual disciplines, I would say, is something that really helps us with this. Spiritual disciplines. There's a reason why it's called a discipline. <laughs> is that it takes a little bit of effort on our part. If you want to go into the depths, if you want to go deep, you got to move, you got to step into the depths, right? And here's some spiritual disciplines that, that we can practice in our life. Reading scripture. Uh, here at uh, at our staff, we joke around a lot, um, and by joking, we're serious, is that we, we always say, I got to eat the word, eat the word, eat the word, eat the word, just as if, just as if when you eat food, it nourishes your physical body, when you eat the word, it nourishes your spirit. It nourishes you. It helps you grow. It pushes you deep. The only way that you can explore the depths is to know this word, to know it. So eat the word. Prayer is connection. It's, it, this is something that you can do with reading the word. In youth group, we talked about breathing as an as a analogy for this, is that you inhale the word of God, you breathe in the word of God, and you breathe out in prayer. Memorization of scripture. Hide that word in your heart so that other things don't come out when you stub your toe. Meditation on scripture. Fasting. These are ways that we can grow deep in our relationship with God. We don't just haphazardly fall into a deep relationship with God. It takes some, it takes some, some work on our part. We, we walk with grace. We work with grace. But but what spiritual disciplines do is they put you in a position for God to do the growing. You can't do the growing. I need to be very, very clear about this, is that you, you cannot do the growing. You see, spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines without God doing the growing is legalistic at best. You can try and, and, and look outwardly holy and perfect, with no inward change. This is literally what, what Jesus talked to the Pharisees about, confronted them about, is that the glass looks really nice on the outside, but inside it does not look so good. You see, we can only approach growing deeper with God's grace and knowing Jesus, and we need to do it humbly. So here's, here's where I want to go from here, is I want to take the next... 
however many minutes, um, to, uh, to be extremely practical with you. Okay? Can I be really, really practical with you? We've, we've addressed the why. Why do we go deep? We've addressed the what, but now how? How do we go deep in our relationship with God? I think some, sometimes we talk about the spiritual disciplines and then we just say, go do it. Have fun. May the Lord bless you real good. But how do we practically do these things? These are, these are things that the Lord has been teaching and growing in me personally. I can tell you for a long time in my life, and I'm still growing, Lord Jesus, I'm still growing, um, to be disciplined, to work and grow in discipline. And here's, I want to give you um, some freebies, Okay. Now, you probably, you need to see it. There you go. I'm working on my dad joke type stuff now. <laughs> um, this, is, this is all rooted in who do you want to become. There's a guy, his name is Zig Ziglar. He's a leadership guy, and he wrote, he said something that was really profound. He says, if, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. If you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And as Christians, let's aim, let's aim for something. At least let's set up some, some goals to grow in our spiritual disciplines and trust God that he'll do the growing. So, hypothetically, where do you see yourself 11 months from now when we hit December of 2023? I know that some of you are like, listen, I'm just trying to make it to February. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it until February. But let's, let's not play around with growing deep with God. Let's, let's set some, some goals to grow in our spiritual disciplines. Rooted in grace. You need to make that very clear. Rooted in grace. Where do you, where do you want to be at the end of 2023? And that rhymed. You're welcome. Where do you want to be? Do you want to grow in your prayer life? Do you want to have a, a closer, intimate relationship with God? Do you want to, to really soak in, in the presence of God through reading His Word? Where, where is it that you want to be? Who do you want to become? And so I want to give you four realistic, practical B's, free B's, for you to practice, for all of us, including me, to practice, the first one is be realistic. Okay, so maybe you're in here and you're like, Josh, I'm ready to take my relationship with God deeper. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to read the entire Bible cover to cover tonight. <laughs> That's what we call unrealistic. Okay, it's unrealistic. Maybe you're here and you're like, listen, I am going to fast even longer. I'm going to fast an extra 235 days. And you've never fasted before? <laughs> it's unrealistic, okay? So you see, unrealistic goals breed discouragement. And then you give up. There's been times where I've told the Lord, I'm going to fast nothing, but I'm going to fast everything but water for like, I think it was like 20 days. I made it like two days. And I got so discouraged because I'm, I just had unrealistic goals, unrealistic goals to grow in my relationship with God. Let's be realistic. 
What are some realistic goals that you can have? I'm going to fast lunch once a week. I think that's realistic. Or maybe you've been fasting for a long time and you want to up that. You can. Be realistic. You want to grow in your prayer life? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block out 30 minutes every day. Or maybe you're a parent with young kids and, and 10 minutes alone is hard to get. Even in that, just block out what, what's, what's realistic of God, I'm putting you as a priority. I'm going to make room for you in my life. Let's be realistic. The second one is to be consistent. Is for us to be consistent, meaning that you do it regularly. We are not called to be consistently inconsistent Christians. It's just, it's just not what we're called to be. I love the story of Daniel because I think it's a beautiful explanation for how to live a consistent life that's growing deeper in your relationship with God. If you know anything about Daniel, Daniel was uprooted from his home and taken to Babylon, was forced to change his identity, including his name. And, and years later, he is found with so much favor in the king's court that people are trying to get rid of him. So they said the only way to get rid of this man is to attack, is to attack his religion. Let's just, let's just try and wipe him out. And so this is what we see with Daniel. He says that now when Daniel learned that the, the decree of not being able to worship God had been published, he went to his home, he went home to his upstairs room where the, window, where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Let me just really quickly... Notice that Daniel didn't say that when this decree happened, he went and complained to his friends. He went to pray. Because he knew that, that venting to his friends wasn't going to produce life change. His connection was the, with, with the Lord was too deep. He said three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel was consistent in his prayer life. He was consistent. He kept showing up. All you need to do is show up. You might not know how to pray. You might not know how to read your Bible. But show up. Just show up. Daniel was, Daniel was consistent. And I think one way that we can do this, and I've tried to do this sometimes too, is set an appointment with God. If you're a schedule-oriented person, set an appointment with God and treat it like, like you had a doctor's appointment. You don't want to miss that, right? In the same way, set an appointment with God. Say, God, I've got, an, I've got 30 minutes with you. Now, of course, when we're talking about prayer, or we're, we're told to pray without ceasing, right? But there's something about setting time aside to be quiet and to listen and to say, Jesus, I'm, I have all my attention on you, and I just want to hear what you have to say to me. I guarantee you, you're going to grow deeper. The third one, and, and this one, this one, through the grace of God, changed my life. Be accountable. I hated this word. As the Grinch says, hate, 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 loathe entirely. I hated this word. And the reason why is because as a kid, I was taught 
that accountability was only for high school students that had lust issues. That's, that's what I was taught, was just, was just if you're struggling with lust and, and you're tempted, get an accountability partner and call them at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's like, come on, I, it's, it's so vague. I was having, um, I was having breakfast with, with a friend of mine, and he told me, he's like, yeah, me and my friend, we've set up goals that we really want to grow in this year, and every week we call each other and we, and we keep each other accountable on our goals. And so um, I was moved by that because I've never heard accountability explained that way. And so I thought about it for a little while, and, and I pinpointed somebody that I, that I knew that had a, a like heart for me to really grow because I was so frustrated I was so frustrated that every year where December 31 turned into January 1st of the new year that I'd look back and see that I haven't grown. I was so frustrated. And so I, so I called my friend and I said, hey, would you be interested in this? And he said, yeah, I would love that. So we both set up spiritual goals, work goals, family goals, and we called each other every week, and we still do. Every week we have a standing call that we check in on each other and, and grow in our spiritual goals. We grow in our, and we ask each other, how are you doing? What's the Lord doing in your life? Is there something new that the Lord's teaching you? Is there something that's really been challenging in your life? And, and how can I pray for you? That's how you grow. We are called to be in community, not to be isolated. There's, there's power in accountability. There's power in us having accountable relationships that will hold you accountable, but in grace. One of the um, beautiful things that when I, when I learned about grace, um, this might sound really silly to you, but um, I played tournaments in softball because I was no good at baseball. And, uh, and I made, they put me in the outfield because I'm, I'm fast enough to run and I don't have knee problems. So they, they put me in the outfield and I, I missed a bunch of catches, and I was so mad at myself. And, and one of the shortstop, one of my really f- close friends, somebody that I really care about, just said, Josh, you're saved by grace through faith. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it changed my way of thinking because I was so hard on myself. Like, man, I just, I'm just never good enough. I'm never... I'm, I just keep literally dropping the ball. And, and, and for us, there's something about being in community for somebody to say, hey, Josh, you're saved by grace through faith. Keep going. Keep looking more like Jesus. Does it mean that when you have, when you have grace, infinite grace, does it mean that you can just sin all the more? No, Paul says by no means. He says that you died to your sin and you were raised to life. There's a power and accountability to keep you going, to help you go deeper in your relationship with God. Let's go deeper. I'm going to just give a shameless plug. Small groups. Get in a small group. Get in a small group. This is a way. If you want to grow deeper, be around like-minded Christians that also want to grow deeper. They'll, they'll push you. Get in a small group. The last one that I have for you, and I'm telling you, I'm being very, very practical this morning, okay? The last one is this, be resourceful. What? 
What are you talking about? We live in, in a day and an age where we are blessed with so many resources. But I would be remiss to tell you that the first resource that you should always look to before any of the other ones is this one right here. This is your greatest earthly treasure. This is your greatest earthly treasure. I love what um, Dane Ortland says about this. I'll, I'll recommend his book in a second. He says that you will stand in strength and grow in Christ and walk in joy and bless this world no measure than you know this book. You want to bless this world? You can only do it through the gospel. You can only do it through the word of God. And so through that, all of the other resources that I'm going to share with you point back to this. All, all of them point back to this. If, if, if you're doing all the other stuff and you're not doing this, this is the most important thing that you can do. So read this word. And if you're questioning some things about the Bible, stick around. Because <laughs> uh, we're going through a deep series over the next month and a half. And Pastor Bobby is calling it, This is the Bible. So <laughs> Alex is pumping his fist back there. Um, so let me share with you a couple of other resources. Um, this is, on our, on our website, we've, we've taken some time to give you resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. This is intentional. This is not just to make our website look pretty. This is not just, this is, this is intentional because if we're going to grow deeper, but we're not going to give you tools to grow deeper, it's just a cute saying. We're not about cute sayings. We want to grow deep in our relationship with God. So this is uh, the Pray First book. You, you probably already have it. Maybe you have it. It's out in the lobby. You can also use the, the app as well. Um, I'm going to recommend a, a lot of different apps, but everybody spends a lot of time on their phones anyway, so let's grow deep. Um, so um, Pray First is a great way if, if you're learning how to engage your prayer life, this will walk you through scripture and how to pray scripture and how to pray the Lord's Prayer. This is a great resource to have. It's written by um, the pastor of the Church of the Highlands. Great guy. Um, please pick this up or download the app. They do a great job with it. Um, another one that I'd like to share is, you see that, that app at the top with the circles? That's called Verses. Um, if, you, if you are looking at really memorizing scripture, um, this is a great resource to use. Um, there's verses, this is only for iPhone, but there's also Versify, which if you go to riverbendchurch.church slash resources, you'll get what you need there. Um, but what these, what these do is you pick a passage of scripture and they give you different kinds of activities for you to practice memorizing scripture. So there's like fill in the blank, there's reordering the, the passage of scripture, it's typing it from memory, and verses you can actually speak it out and it'll, it'll, it'll test you on it. Why do we do this? Because we are hiding God's word deep in our heart. So let's be intentional, intentional about memorizing the word of God because if that's the word of life, then that's gotta be the most important thing. So 
verses is a, is a great one. I've used that one personally in, in my devotional time. Um, another one, there's, it's not on here, but it's on the website. It's, um, it's called the Step Bible. If you're looking at growing deep, if you really like to study the Word of God, and you're like, what's the Greek term for that? Um, the Step Bible gives you the ability to click on words, and it'll show you the Greek meaning or the Hebrew meaning, and then it'll also give you definitions. So if you want to grow really in your study of the Word of God, that's a great tool to have as a companion with you in studying. Now, I, I can't I know that many of you guys have, have plenty of resources that you've used, but I just would be remiss to tell you that here's a bunch of ways to practice it without giving you any tools. Um, so the last one that I just quickly wanted to share is are these two books that have been really important to me over the past couple of years. Celebration of Discipline. Um, this is a book that our students in River Youth, we took... Um, we, we actually called it Deep People. It was, our, it, was, it was our discipleship group to grow deep in our spiritual disciplines so that we could grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of God. And so Richard Foster does a great job um, explaining uh, corporate disciplines, outward disciplines, inward disciplines. And then Dane Ortland writes a book called Deeper um, that I recently read that is just, it's just beautiful. It's called Real Change for Real Sinners. And, you know, I, I, I think that it's a, a great book for you to read. Um, well, as, as, we, as we close, I hope that you're, in, you're encouraged and that you're challenged. If, if I stand up here and, and I just preach things that, that doesn't leave you challenged, I don't know if I did a good job. Because uh, my heart, my heart is for a church that goes deep. Our heart as a church is to see his people really understand the grace and, and the knowledge of Christ. So will you, will you bow your heads with me? Maybe you're in here and you have never received the grace of God, meaning that you have never accepted Jesus in your life. And you found yourself and you just feel like I am dead in my sin. There's no, there's been no help. I've tried every kind of thing. I've tried to do whatever I can, but nothing has been happening. Does any, would anybody relate with that? Could you raise your hand if you relate with that? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus wants to encounter you with his grace this morning. Maybe you're in here and you said, man, Josh, I'm so discouraged because every year I try and grow and I try and grow and nothing happens. Can anybody agree with that? Raise your, you can raise your hand if you agree with that. The Lord wants to encounter you with the knowledge of Christ this morning. So prayer teams, I'm going to ask if you can come forward. Let me pray over you and then I'm going to ask Michael to come and, um, and just bless us as we, as we go. But I want, to, um, I want to encourage you, if you need prayer, please get prayer this morning. So Lord, we just thank you that you have poured out infinite, bottomless grace for us to receive and to experience day by day. 
Lord, we need you. We need you. God, help us to grow deeper, to experience the depths of your love and your mercy that's endless. So, Father, we thank you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Pastor Michael, will you come? Church, if you'll stand. We pray over each and every one of you as you come in in the morning. And so I pray over you now. Lord, be with these people. Let your spirit rest heavy. Let today not be the end of the fast, but the beginning of the, of the next step in a deeper relationship with you. Father, be with each and every one. May your face shine upon them. May they feel your presence in every part of the day. Go in peace. Be blessed. If you'd like prayer, please come forward to these prayer teams.